S-A-M-I-R-Y-E. Sammy Rye here with another one of those podcasts with Sammy Rye. This week, we're talking about Blue Beetle. Movie I saw, a lot to say about it. I'm really excited about that and what's going to happen for the DCU and their future. Also, new Fortnite season is out. We're going to touch on that. A lot of great content in there. A lot of great things at Fortnite Creative. Some amazing things they're doing with their business. Again, always talking about Fortnite, all the great things Epic is doing. We're going to get into that. We also have music and movie of the week. And if you want, we have a short little after show if you want to stick around for that. So let's just hop right into this week's episode. So I got to see Blue Beetle this week, and I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I don't know the character. I'm not really familiar with any of the backstory. I had no expectations for the movie. I was just hoping it'd be a decent movie. Um, I do like um, Zolo Maridueña from uh, Cobra Kai. He plays Miguel on that character on that show. But like, I'm more of a, I'm, I like Robbie more on that show. So it wasn't even like I was really excited. For um, the character necessarily from like Miguel being in, you know, um, Blue Beetle. But I still was kind of rooting for him. I still wanted to see, you know, what he could do stepping up, new young actor, stepping into a new role we haven't seen in the DC Universe before. Um, it's a little, you know, sad that DC's on this slump where I think people are just tired of going to see their films. Everyone knows their films kind of don't matter at this point. I think that James Gunn's Superman will will make a billion dollars and everyone's going to go see that. Because at that point, people will be excited and they feel like these films matter. But I think everyone knows, the internet people know, that these DC films are the end of a franchise that's pretty much over. And, um, and it's kind of like not even ending with a specific story. It's just random different movies that aren't going to go anywhere. So I don't think it helped that James Gunn said to Blue Beetle, the character... Um, will continue over into DCU, but this movie won't. And that is kind of odd. I know it's probably because they want to start with Superman Legacy being like the first movie. But in a lot of ways, Blue Beetle feels like the Incredible Hulk in the MCU, where technically that's the first movie, but I feel like most people think Iron Man Part 1 is the first movie of the MCU. And Iron Incredible Hulk kind of just didn't matter. Um, and I think that's where we're at with Blue Beetle. Does that mean that you shouldn't see Blue, Blue Beetle? No. I hope everyone goes to see it in theaters. It's a shame that um, it seems like the box office numbers aren't looking that great because the movie did not miss a beat. Without any spoilers, you know, they did everything they're supposed to do in a film and a little bit more. There was um, all the things I expected to see in a film like this to, to make it work. They did them all. And there was maybe two or three things that I felt like, oh, wow, I was actually a little surprised. And they went a little bit further, a little bit extra. Um, way better than anything I expected out of the DCU or anybody who's not really Marvel, you know, per se. Um, I was so surprised he did this. Oh, Blue Beetle, um, brand new actor, pretty much, you know, when it comes to like trying to carry a major blockbuster film. And uh, everything was good. At, by the end of it, um, I was looking at Zola Maridunda Mar- thinking, oh man, maybe we, they should do a, um, a Desperado reboot or something like that. Because I love Desperado. I'm a big Antonio Banderas fan and I love Robert Rodriguez. That's like my thing. So I wouldn't want them to necessarily remake Desperado. But I don't have a problem with remakes. Like, I can watch Desperado whenever I want to. It's not like they delete the film and you never can watch it again, right? And I feel like in some ways, if you're a real Desperado fan, you know that that's kind of a remake of El Mariachi, right? So, like, for them to do it again would kind of make sense. Um, it'd be dope if even they got Robert Rodriguez to come back and let him remake his own film or do it kind of with a new energy and a new style. Um 
Yeah, and I think, um, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, prominent Mexican actors coming out that I think could handle the role. But I feel like he'd be kind of cool. He could do the action. Um, he's super young. So, again, maybe in a few years. I, that's the, the one movie I would like to see him do. And then I've always wanted to see a reboot to Zorro. When I was a kid, I liked Zorro. So you're thinking, oh, well, these are like Mexican characters. Yeah, there's not a lot of them. And to have a Mexican actor show up, and the Blue Beetle did a really good job at showing the, you know, the Mexican or Latino origin, really, of the character and showing it on screen in a way that I found very relatable. Um, I really liked it. I, I was really happy with all the jokes they put into it that I think really hit home with just Latino culture and obviously more specifically Mexican culture. I'm Puerto Rican, so I don't know all those very specific details. Like there are certain shows they've referenced that I never heard of those shows, but I'm aware of, um, you know, I watched Telemundo as a kid, so I'm aware of like re- relatable shows basically. Um, and then I think Latinos as a culture overall have a lot of similarities, even though there's small little differences. So like the way his family was constructed, the roles they all played was very similar to my family. And um, when talking about representation on film, I always find it hard to find that in the film. I don't know what represents me. I'm, I'm mixed. So like I don't have to really have characters I feel like that really resonate in a real way when it comes to my ethnicity. I have characters that ref- re- you know I resonate with on like a principle level, like a certain like kind of morals or how I think I vision myself and stuff like that. And with with this time with Blue Beetle was the first time I actually could say yeah like I I was proud I felt that like that that connection with the character. Um, and I love his grandma, remind me of my grandma, um, his mom, dad, you know, these are all different characters that I could see in my family. And it was really cool. I'd never experienced that before. So I didn't even know it was really possible um, to have that kind of pride. So yeah, I was really happy with Blue Beetle. It blew me away. Um, you know, and, and I, I don't care about specifics when it comes to Latinos. Like, I know Sunspot from Marvel, he's technically a Puerto Rican character, but it doesn't matter to me that, like, you know, he's Mexican or Puerto Rican. I don't like it uh, personally when Latinos divide themselves in that kind of a way. I, I believe that, you know, they should all be united as possible in any kind of way they can, even though there's very subtle differences in the cultures, if you ask me at least. Um, so I was very happy to, I guess, tag along or if, if that's how it looks like and join the Mexican movement in this situation. Cause you know, it was great seeing that character, the reason the character fought, the reason the character did things and the way he kind of processed and looked at things, um, from, you know, small little things like him going to a job interview, which isn't really a spoiler, you know, and just, you know, some of the things he said, uh, there's certain lines I literally said in my job interview for the most last job I got because I think the mentality and the place you come from is so different. Um, and they, he comes from a place called Edge City, I think. Uh, they call them Edgies, which is like the name they, they refer to the people who live there. I'm not a big fan of DC having fake cities. Um, I don't think it helps at all. I love Gotham. Gotham is the only one. And I don't know if I love Metropolis. I think Metropolis always just seems like a very generic city it doesn't seem like the city of the future or anything like that um but yeah when you get into like emerald city i think for green lantern and um i don't know what the main city was in blue beetle i can't remember but i think where he actually comes from is called edge city which is basically like the ghetto like on the edge of the city haha you know um that's dc you know i guess it's the mythos and they don't they don't want to mess with all that but it it worked i think to to that degree um and even the villain, you know, I thought there were some cool things about the villain. Is the greatest villain ever. I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think, you know, the obviously is the movie's contained 
and that villain didn't have any place to grow to. I don't think they're going to carry that villain over or anything like that. So it's a shame in that way. But I enjoyed everything that happened in the movie. So I think that's what the DC filmmakers are recently saying is, hey, please watch our movies and understand that they're still made to be self-contained movies, even if they don't connect. And I just think modern audiences do not care um, and they don't want to go watch something and spend money on something that doesn't lead somewhere, or at least gives them the impression it's leading somewhere. Even if it's a little small little nod or connections, these things matter to the modern modern audience. And having companies like you know Marvel do this for 15 years, and I think um, even like Fast and the Furious has been doing it now for a while, um, they kind of come to expect that their movies should work like TV shows, and this should all add into a greater thing, and that money and time they're investing goes somewhere. So while I understand that we'll see Blue Beetle again, I don't know if everyone else necessarily cares. And then I think there's this misconception people have that if the film doesn't do well, that somehow they'll recast Blue Beetle. I, I don't think that it happens at all. I think Warner Brothers and, and DC, they understand that this is going to happen to their films moving forward. I think Aquaman did a billion. I do not see Aquaman 2 doing a billion. Um, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if it did $150 million at this point because I think Blue Beetle is projected to finish off at 170 And I think each film that's come out since Shazam has done worse and worse and worse. I think he's really showing that, you know, the people who are still showing up for these films are even feeling like maybe they shouldn't show up for these films. So whoever saw Shazam, uh, some of them didn't go see Flash. And people who saw Flash, some of them didn't go see Blue Beetle. So as we're trending in that direction, I know Jason Momoa is a star and he's, he's you know, he made a billion dollars with Aquaman. Um, I don't know if they're going to do that well with Aquaman 2. Well, we'll have to see. So that's crazy um, when you think about that. But after that, hopefully we'll be out of those woodworks and we can move on to Superman Legacy. And I really hope the DC, you know, you, you know, bounces back. I do think Superman will be a giant return for them because he's a big character. Everyone will see that character. People like James Gunn. I think all the pieces are in place for them to hopefully have a triumphant return. If it has good word of mouth, I think everyone will go see it. Um, but you know, we'll have to see this. It's, it's a lot of, a lot of ifs at this point. And it would be tragic if the James Gunn thing doesn't work out. I could just see DC not making films anymore. Um, I think now that Discovery's taking over Warner Brother, they're not going to keep bleeding money like that. Um, you know, for, for another three or four years. So hopefully that does not, doesn't happen. I don't think that will happen, but we'll have to hold out. Definitely go see Blue Beetle in the theaters if you guys get a chance. Um, I don't know if it's going to do much as far as like supporting the film, but I'm going to do my little part that I can because I enjoyed the, you know, the film a lot. It was a lot of fun and I can't wait to see it again. Uh, that was one of the one things I saw. There was a lot of little nods to 90s culture and all these little things that, you know, go into the DC character like Blue Beetle and his backstory. So I Wikipedia some of it. I looked it up. Maybe I'll go read a few of his comics. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see where they go with him in the future. And if you guys haven't had a chance, I hope you go see it too. Music of the week. I like to try to think of something interesting for music of the week. You know, not just your typical song, not just whichever's, you know, on the radio. And I came across a very interesting situation that kind of ties into what we talked about with Fortnite this week. Our new Fortnite season is out. And there is a song that I think is extremely catchy. My daughter loves it. I love it. It's called Hungry for the Chase by I Don't Know. And that's the interesting part of it. I never really realized this, but there's original music that's made for Fortnite. And if you stream or play the game online, you will not get a copyright strike, 
when this music plays. Now, Fortnite also includes licensed music from other artists. And there's an option in the settings you can go to turn off licensed music. The way you don't get a copyright strike when streaming or uploading videos to social media sites. But Epic, you know, they go out their way to make original songs and put it in their game. And they don't, you know, report that to YouTube or any social media sites. So you can use those songs if you want to play online and have music in the background. Some of those songs are bangers. They're really good. And Hungry for the Chase is a new song that came out this season. And um, I love it. It's a hit. The beat's a hit. Sounds good. The artist is singing, has a lot of swag, uh, cool lyrics. Um, she sounds cool. And I went online and cannot find who made the song, which is a very interesting thing, right? Because I didn't realize this is this is the case for almost all of the Fortnite original music. And there's a lot of good songs. Uh, I know the Cube Queen anthem was a song that me and my daughter loved a whole lot. Um, and the artist on that song, again, great stage presence, or not you know, uh, microphone presence, I guess, um, very dynamic, charismatic acting and all this drama into her song. I think it's called You're Adorable or it's like the Cube Queen anthem, basically. Um, and it's a shame that I can't figure out who these people are. Or at least I thought. I took the question to social media and started asking around. And at first I thought, like, this is kind of an outrage. Is Epic paying people, small, unknown artists, possibly music teachers, um, people who, you know, sing in local productions... And instead of getting them credit, the way they get the national recognition, they just pay them off to like be kind of like ghost singers, right? Like you have ghost writers. We know that exists. Someone gives you some money. You write a song. You don't take credit for the song. And the other artist takes credit for the song. We all kind of accepted that. Um, you know, we've had situations like Millie Vanilli back in like the early 90s where it was discovered that they weren't the people actually singing the music. Uh, they were just like the faces of the company or the, the production, I guess. And the real artists, you know, weren't getting compensated or I guess it was basically just a secret. And when they got found out, found out, people were really upset about it. I believe the Weather Girls also did this in the 80s. Um, so those things have happened. But again, people were upset about those things. You know, not the, the artists pretending they're singing. That was a problem. Even though there was obviously other people that were singing that weren't getting that fame recognition for singing these hit songs. So I guess that makes sense. There's always been people willing to take the money and not get the fame rec recognition. Um, I used to think I've ever seen it in such a big production like Fortnite. Because, I mean, you have the songwriters here. We don't know who they are. We don't know who the producers are. And we don't know who the singers are. And all together, they're making some pretty good songs. And it's kind of odd that they're able to make so many good songs. Um, you would think Epic would like, start their own record label. Like, who's the person behind the situation making so many good songs over and over and over again. They have like the formula, right? Um, you would think all major artists would apply this formula and they all would make great songs and they don't all the time. Um, I'm not saying every single song that Fortnite makes is great, but most of them are pretty good. And Hungry for the Chase is a new one. So to listen to it, you have to play Fortnite. You have to go into it and, uh, you know, put it on as your background music and that's really the only way you listen to it. I guess you could also listen to it probably on YouTube. Um, that might be another way you can look at it. But I don't think it's on Spotify. And if it would be, it'd probably be like under Fortnite or something like that. So I have to double check. I don't actually know if it's on Spotify. But if you could hear it, that's the way to hear it. And another great reason, I guess, to hop into Fortnite. 
Um, and then also, again, thinking about those artists, the last thing I'll say is someone, you know, on, on social media said, hey, well, you know, maybe there are artists out there who don't want the fame. They just want to, you know, be career singers. They just want to provide background vocals. And I thought, yeah, you know, that, that's that's nice, too. Maybe that, that's probably a lot of people nowadays who don't want to be on social media and have all the, the attention and obviously are very talented. So I guess this provides them an avenue that they never had before if they truly wanted to do that, right? So, yeah, check it out. Hungry for the Chase in Fortnite. So it's time for a new Fortnite season, and that is always a great time. It's kind of like four Christmases a year, right? Because um, it's such an amazing thing to see how they keep reinventing the game and taking it into new directions. And it really, you know, it puts other games to shame. I have not been like a Fortnite fanboy. I did not like the idea of Fortnite when it first came out. It took me a few years to even try to really give Fortnite a chance. I didn't really care about what they were doing. And over the last few years, I've been a big advocate of not only Fortnite, but Epic Games as a company. Um, and I was looking forward to this season. I had no idea what they were going to do. I was not looking at any rumors or anything like that. And boom, I just, you know, one day I log in and it's a whole new game to play. Um, you know, drastically, you know, big, big changes made to the map. A whole new heist system where there's different places where you can try to break in and steal things. Obviously fun with a team, uh, but you can do it solo. There are ways to do it solo. I, mo I mainly play that way. Um, and then the whole theme is basically this kind of like spy heist kind of thing, breaking into some places. I feel like Mission Impossible, maybe even James Bond. Um, those are kind of the vibes the season's given off. And I think that is super cool. It's a super cool season. It is very fun. I feel like it's gameplay oriented, where some seasons kind of rest on like the theme. Like, oh, it's, um, you know, we're doing a crossover with Transformers. Like last season, you know, Transformers were supposed to be in it, which I feel like didn't really impact the game that much. I would have loved, obviously, somehow, you know, hiring Optimus Prime. And then he like transforms into a car. You can hop in and drive him. That would have been cool. Didn't do that. Um, when you got into the trucks or some of the cars, the Autobots talked as if they were robots in disguise. That was a nice little, little, you know, Easter egg. Um, but besides that, Optimus being on the map didn't seem to really impact gameplay that much. And he was level 100 skin, which is cool, but I felt like it really wasn't, you know, I felt like a bit of a missed opportunity. This season, there is no real Gus characters to really worry about. Um, Ashuka from Star Wars is a guest character you can eventually get, but doesn't seem to be any kind of Star Wars theme really going on this season. It looks like it's mainly just heist. So I think she's not in the game yet, technically, and um, the lightsaber isn't in the game. So it's just heist. It's just like a Mission Impossible kind of theme. So maybe in a few weeks when that maybe wears thin, um, if they bring back the lightsabers and stuff, people usually like that kind of stuff. So um, they have her there. I don't know if they'll bring Vader back and give them some interactions or something like that. That's kind of cool, but I'm not really excited about that. I'm more excited about the original characters um, and then, you know, everything they have here. When I, when I first saw the first guy they give you, uh, Nolan Chance, he's like the original character that they have for the season. And I was like, oh, who's this like generic, you know, Bond person? And after playing for a few matches and unlocking his upgrades, unlocking his, special, his second outfit especially... I really started to like Nolan Chance. He even has a sec uh, another second outfit, the tactical Nolan Chance, which, again, reminds me a bit more of an Ethan Hunt. So I feel like he kind of plays this nice little line between, like, is the modern spy, right? Um, which one they could be. And if, you're, if, you don't, if you really care about, you know, girl character, boy character, um, the other original character they brought is um, Piper, Piper Pace, 
Piper Pace is like um a, a looks like a speed secret agent character who also drives like a, a racer into cars into like wheels. That's kind of her whole theme. And again, I think it's pretty cool. Um, I think I like her base skin where she's just wearing her secret agent outfit, but she has also this kind of cool gimmick where she's like undercover thing where she's doing like food delivery. And I can see how that could be pretty cool for people, especially where I think a lot of people nowadays drive Uber and Lyft and do that kind of stuff. So I think she kind of is aimed more at that kind of demographic. I can see a lot of that there. Um, she's really cool. Um, we call those the, the trails. They're the contrails when they dive. She has this cool, like, you know, road theme contrail, which anybody can use for their characters if you like racing and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so, I mean, a lot of characters. I won't get into all of them or do, like, an in-depth review, but check out the Battle Pass. Again, there's there's some seasons I think are good for people who to jump in and try out Fortnite. And some seasons I'm like, ah, this season is going to really sell you. I think this is a great season to jump in and try. It's only been out for less than a week, actually. So if you're listening to this and you're interested, get yourself on the system, jump in and try. Not only do you have that amazing battle pass and the amazing current changes on the map, which is super fun, a lot of quests, a lot of things to get XP, but we are in an amazing place when it comes to Fortnite Creative. It's actually difficult. To really explain everything that's going on in Fortnite Creative has become a bit overwhelming in the last few weeks, honestly. I've never seen an atmosphere where there's so much creativity and so many games, full-fledged games being made on a weekly basis. So if you look at like a video game store, you think I'm going to buy a game maybe once a month or once every two weeks you might go buy a game based on how much of a gamer you are. Um, this is already starting to overwhelm that in a sense where these Unreal maps, the maps people are making and they're enhancing, you know, the Fortnite experience and making completely different kind of experiences or just enhanced experiences using the Unreal Engine um, is overwhelming. There's too many to play. I cannot keep up with them. There's a lot of only up Fortnites, um, well, you know, maps, which only up, I believe, was a game that was popular on PC. It's this concept like a platformer where you kind of keep trying to climb up. And I guess you can climb really, really high. People like it. They like watching it on um, on Twitch. They like seeing people fall, how far they can get, and the skill it takes in having to consistently jump over all these random objects to go really high. Uh, if you like that, you think that's cool, Fortnite's pretty much dominated and taken over that. I think Only Up got pulled off of Twitch or off of Steam for some reason for using some assets they weren't supposed to use or something like that in their game without properly paying the creator of those assets. Um, and that's not the situation that's going on apparently with Fortnite. So there's many variations of that map. There's your regular, you know, shooting maps, stuff like that. But another thing I found is really interesting, a genre that mainly is on a cell phone. If you ever play like Business Tycoon or, um, you know, any of those idle clicker games, there's a lot of really good ones, really good ones, I think, that are coming out for Fortnite. So YouTuber Tycoon, I played, it's about, a, it's fun for about an hour. It doesn't have an end game that like lets you rinse and repeat. So after an hour, you've done everything you wanted to do in that. But you get XP um, from some of these, not all of them. But, um, YouTube ty YouTuber Tycoon, you don't get XP. But some of these, you do get XP. What was the other one I played, actually? Uh, Candy Tycoon. So a lot of people are making a lot of these games, right? They pick a theme. And the interesting thing is they bring in these assets that you've never seen in Unreal. So for like YouTuber Tycoon... It had somewhat of the experience you might assume of someone trying to, you know, make it on YouTube. And I didn't think that was possible. But you start off with like just a computer and like a basic house. And you can even buy furniture. It's the first time I've seen this. You could buy furniture to upgrade your house. 
which I think would eventually that the mechanic would lend itself to a Sims type game where maybe you can buy different kinds of furniture to customize how your house looks. That would take obviously more programming, a bit more time. Um, you're not going to get to the point where it has everything the Sims has. But again, if you own a lot of skins in Fortnite, I know you play the Sims, people a lot of times download modifications of like trying to get other characters like Batman and stuff into their game. Well, you already have that. You have the official Batman inside Fortnite. You can play a game similar to The Sims, ain't win your Fortnite character, get XP for your battle pass, and then hop out and go play a racing game, hop out, go play a shooting game. Getting closer to that Ready Player One idea um, that we've talked about all year, but really, I mean, the last eight months, we've already gotten so close to that. I did not expect Unreal, uh, the Unreal editor for Fortnite to have already so many different things. Another map I played that I thought was really interesting, it's just a concept, it's very brand new, it's called Zero Competition Wrestling. And someone created a wrestling ring. They created a place you come out, you can cut promos. It's more like for role playing. But they actually put some functionality into the ring where you can slide under the ropes. You can actually jump onto the ropes to climb over. If you run against the ropes, you bounce like a bouncer, basically. So you can bounce off the ropes. And you can even climb the turnbuckle and then like jump off the turnbuckle, right? Now, at that point, there are no other moves. You're saying, are they custom wrestling moves? No. Um, they have, they set up basically so you can fight each other with weapons like um, the, the sword and the hammer. And you can use the grappling gun to be a grappler, right? You can pull people in and hit them with your sword. So then there you're back to just regular third person shooter. So it's not a great idea. It's not like, um, you know, the new wrestling game that everyone's, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's interesting that they even were creative enough to think of a concept where you can even have like a, a melee shooting game inside of a wrestling ring. So if they ever allow them to get to the point where characters can touch each other and do animations to each other, I can see someone importing a few basic wrestling moves and even starting to take their Fortnite game and make it into a wrestling game. And if you have some skins like John Cena, I think uh, Bianca Belair, I think, is in the game. Um, they, I think there's some wrestling skins in the item shop right now, actually. I can see eventually them having... I don't think... I don't... Mind you, I don't ever say this stuff is going to be like the end-all, be-all. I don't think the best wrestling game in the world is going to be inside of Fortnite. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if you have three or four different people making basically indie wrestling games, you know, trying some different ideas, it is really fun as a gamer and it's refreshing to hop into a game that you're not paying for and just see these different ideas being executed and acted out. And then you have all your Fortnite skins and everything you know from Fortnite that you can carry over into those experiences. They're fun. They cost you nothing. And you get XP when you're playing most of these, like I mentioned. And there's a bunch of other ones that look really good. I see a lot of people playing a game called Only Farmer. Um, Fortnite already had some basic like farm, you know, tycoon type aspects to it. I haven't seen it with Unreal yet, but I see that they have custom assets and different things you can do in here. And from what I've seen in the maps I have played, it's almost like the sky's the limits. You don't really know what they're going to do next when you hop into these maps because they can bring in anything from all over the world. When it comes into the assets you can, you know, import through the, the Unreal Shop. It's just, it's just staggering. It's hard to really, you know, have an idea about how this all works. Um, Bank Heist looks good. Again, a bunch of custom maps of custom themes and things I've never seen before. And after playing Fortnite for years, it's so refreshing that, you know, for free, I can log in and see all this stuff going on. Um, I simply don't have the time to play it all. But if you do... Definitely check it out. Uh, Panda Parkour Paradise. I did a review on that. Hospital Inferno is good. On my Twitch or um, on my on my different social media accounts, I have my account on X. 
I have um, my Instagram account. I am sharing some pictures and stuff from different maps I play when I get a chance to play them. Someone remade Lincoln Financial Field. I, I didn't get to see that yet, but as an Eagles person next to Philadelphia, I'm like, oh, that'd be cool. Check that out. Ice Station Z. There's a bunch of them. So, um, yeah, I can't even mention them all. Someone made an undead uh, um, a ch- a chess game. Someone made Uno. I think I'm looking at poker over here. And the poker actually looks like a real poker game. Um, I, I, I don't even know how they did that. They somehow coded an entire actual poker game into Fortnite. So these are things that are cool. Again, everything you do, everything you play upgrades your Fortnite battle pass. So again, that's a question I think, you know, what comes up is, hey, why play someone's made up poker game versus going out and buying, you know, a 10 or $20 real poker game for your PS5 if you want to play poker on your PS5? Um, the answer always is Battle Pass. It's the fact that when you're playing all these different games, it benefits your overall Fortnite character or your Fortnite profile. It levels you up. It unlocks things all for free. Um, well, if you're paying for the Battle Pass, that's the $10 a month that you're paying, basically. So you have a good shooting game with proven mechanics that also gets content added to it. Plus, you get to see all this creativity and everything from one hub, one game you log in. All these things are going on. I can't say enough about it. And I hope everybody's getting a chance to go check it out. Um, I, I honestly, there's that, I, I feel like I'm even selling it short because there's so many other experiences I haven't had a chance to try. And I don't even know if I will have a chance to try them all. There's horror experiences. I see my daughter play some of those. Um, horror elevator, escape from the asylum. You can come on here. Oh yeah. Card chaos. That's the one that looks like Uno. Um, there's just so many and I just don't have the time to, to play them all. So hopefully you guys do. Any experiences you guys find, if you do play them and you think that they're awesome and worth mentioning, please let me know. Give me a few details about it, and I'll mention it on the podcast. I hope you guys check it out, and have a great season. Movies of the week. That's right, this week. Instead of just doing one movie, we're going to do a category of movies. I was thinking to myself, I can't make Blue Beetle movie of the week because I already have a segment talking about it. And sometimes I do that, but I didn't want to do that this week. I already said it. Go see Blue Beetle if you can. Um, if not, you know, stream it, obviously, when it comes to HBO Max. But I, want, I wondered, I said, you know, people always talk about the odd things that are Marvel movies. The Marvel movies that people kind of forget about. Um, Blade being one of them, right? Maybe Incredible Hulk Part 1 being one of them. Or the old Incredible Hulk with Eric Bana being technically a Marvel movie. Um, Howard the Duck is an old classic Marvel, Marvel movie, technically. Um, and there's some other ones like that, right? But I thought, well, what about DC? What are some of the weird DC movies or just the ones that everyone kind of forgets technically belong to a DC comic? Um, but I didn't want to go too obscure because DC has some weird movies that are technically like one called Losers. Never, ever heard of this as a comic or anything. So, like, I don't want to put that on the list. But there are a few I would love to put on the list. Namely, number one, being Constantine. I feel like I've probably talked about Constantine on the podcast before. But Constantine is one of my favorite movies ever, just in general. Um, I There's not a lot of movies with, like, Heaven and Hell that play around in that, you know, that whole spectrum. I think Spawn, maybe, is another one, which is from Image Comics. Um, but Constantine is from Vertigo, which I believe is owned by DC. And I thought Constantine had a lot of potential for a film, especially coming out at the time it came out. It's not the best adaptation necessarily of the comic book version of Constantine. They obviously back then were still, you know, changing things and feeling like they had to always take liberties with the comics. But I still think what they came up with at the end of the day with Constantine was pretty good. 
And a lot of people don't know, at the time at least, didn't know the comic book that well anyway. So it didn't really matter. But I definitely recommend checking out Constantine if you've never seen it. Starring Keanu Reeves. Um, I think that's, you know, a great film. DC has another film that I barely remember as a child, but I know I liked it a whole lot. And I'm a little skeptical that perhaps I saw a TV show and not the film. So either way, I'm going to say look up Swamp Thing. And I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to look up The Return of the Swamp Thing. It's a film from 1989. So it's a good chance I saw it as a child because my parents did not pay attention to me and see what I was doing when I was like hanging out with like a TV station on, basically. And I don't know if uh, it's a kid's movie. But I remember watching Swamp Thing as a child, and it may not be this one, because this is the one with Heather Locklear, but I know I also used to like the TV show. And just Swamp Thing in general, I thought was a really cool idea. In the comics over the years, they made him extremely powerful, like almost as powerful as Superman. Um, I think there's even stories where he's like basically t- like Mother Nature. He's taken over the entire Earth and done things on a giant scale. So sure, I guess, why not? Um, but Swamp Thing's a character I'm looking forward to them bringing back and, you know, introducing him and showing that he could be really cool. So if you're looking for something else to watch and it's kind of an odd thing, check out Swamp Thing, um, the movie and maybe even the TV show. If you got time, you can find these kind of things, right? Um, Wes Craven's Swamp Thing also, throwing it in there. That's from 1982. Again, not sure if I'm thinking about the movies or the show, but that's something that I think we shall be trying to watch this week. Now... The other film I had on mind for for this was uh, V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta is an interesting film. I always felt like it's not really a comic book film. Um, at the time, for us as movie fans, you know, there were, there's Wachowskis were making this after they did The Matrix. And it was it was cool seeing, you know, Natalie Portman in the, the role, uh, Hugo Weaven, I believe they say his last name, was in the role. And it was very different than I think what any of us expected, especially after watching The Matrix. And no one really at the time knew the comic book V for Vendetta. But overall, I thought it was a pretty solid film. And and I think the more you watch it, the the more enjoyable it gets. So that's another one to go check out. Another film I thought was really interesting, and I actually honestly forgot this existed. Sometimes they do animated films. Like if you're doing like X-Men movies and you do like an X-Men animated film... It doesn't usually work. The only time I think this happened recently is obviously um, Into the Spider-Verse, Across the Spider-Verse, right? Their Spider-Man movies are coming out, but they went off and did a Spider-Man cartoon, and it actually worked. And so much people actually like it and want to incorporate it into the mythos. And it kind of would feel like almost as a, you know, a unique thing Marvel can claim that they did. But Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, back in 1993, they did that. Batman had movies that were coming out. And they made an animated movie, which was so strange. I remember thinking, like, what? A whole cartoon movie about Batman? The animated show was a big hit. And they allowed them to make a movie. And I thought the movie was awesome. And it introduced a new character I never heard of. I think the character is original for the movie. Um, I'm not 100% sure. But I remember it feeling so epic and so cool that one of my Saturday morning cartoons had got turned into a feature film. And um, no one brings it up. No one talks about it anymore. It was a really good film. And again, one of the first films, I think, to ever do that. It might be the first, you know, like, you know, I'm talking about major, you know, motion pictures having like a cartoon spinoff. It's not a part of the actual canon in the movies. Uh, But then again, I don't even know if Batman 4 and 5 are technically a part of the canon of 1, 2, and 3. Like, it kind of just goes anywhere, you know, so I don't even know how much canon they cared about back then. But Batman, Mask of Phantasm, another one to check out. Another honorable mention 
for an obscure kind of DC movie is Road to Perdition, starring Tom Hanks. Um, I believe, again, this might be published under Vertigo. It's a, basically a mob movie. It's not very comic booky, but there are some elements. Like I think the villain in the film has a little bit of theatrics to him that makes him kind of comic booky. Um, and basically, it's based on a graphic novel. So the movie itself is a great movie. It's about a mob hitman. You've seen Tom Hanks play a role that he doesn't usually play in films. Um, and I thought it was a very interesting film. It's a slower kind of film compared to a lot of other comic book-like films. But that's definitely one I recommend checking out. And finally, the other oddball of the bunch that I think is uh, worth checking out this week is Lego Batman. Lego Batman is a very fun film. I think the Lego films in general are really good. And I think the coolest thing about Lego Batman is how many DC characters you get to see represented in there. It's not as good as watching like a real major film with all the characters. But I think the Lego movies and the games do a good job at giving you a little way to interact with those characters in some type of way. Especially characters you love that may not get a lot of attention in other realms. So definitely I recommend checking out Lego Batman. Um, but those are my picks for Movies of the Week. Take a stretch, relax, let your hair down. You got to the after show. You made it. You made it all the way. How did you, you do it? How did you do it? How do you guys manage to do this every week? Thank you so much. If you're here now, this is when Sammy just relaxes and I get to talk about me. Just be real with you. So if you want to hang out and just get to know what I'm into, what's going on in my personal life, then, you know, whatever's on my mind, let's let's do it. This is the last podcast before summer is over. Um, next podcast will come out and school should be back in session for the whole country. I feel like on the East Coast, we're like the last people to go to school. Um, I know some people will go to school like already in August. So wherever you're at listening, most likely um, you're in school or you have kids in school or you're aware of school, even if you have no kids or you don't go to school. But yeah, that's, that's a big deal for me because my, my daughter will be back in school and I take her to school and stuff like that which is always fun um, seeing her go through different grades. My son's going through his senior year. I'm interested. I'm holding my breath. I'm hoping it's going to go great. Um, but we'll see how it goes. He's been doing pretty good. He had a pretty good summer. So I'm looking forward to it. It might be the best school year he's ever had. So those are two things weighing on my mind. I'm a little tired, I think. I think all the running around from the summer, all the pressure of every weekend trying to get something to happen and make something happen, um, have the greatest summer ever. It's always a pressure, I think, especially when you're where your parent. Where I think during the school year, sometimes you're just happy to get through the work week. And you look at your significant other and you say, I don't want to do shit this weekend. And you're both like, okay. And you have some of those. I like those weekends. Um, those are times I usually get a lot of podcast kind of stuff done and get to relax and be creative, which I really enjoy doing. I'm absolutely loving the Marvel RPG book. I honestly don't have enough time to look through all the pen and paper stuff that I have. I've got the old 80s, um, you know, Marvel RPG books, too. So you just read and learn about the characters. I've been studying the Marvel comics heavily, like I'm preparing to go to college. There's a degree in Marvel, you know, science or studies. Um, I think I'm going to get it by the end of the year. We put a lot of time and effort into that. Um, yeah, and I'm really excited about all the different things that I have going on this week. Um, some great things in Fortnite Creative I'm looking forward to. Got the Unreal Engine working on my laptop. I'm not sure if I can finish a whole map, but we're going to try. We're going to try to see if we can finish a whole map and publish it through the Unreal Engine. And I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of updates they have. There's a lot of updates in the pipeline for that. 
So that's kind of the stuff I had going on this week. I hope you guys have a good week. And um, yeah, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I'm Sammy. Peace.